Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And on this week's Screen Verdict podcast, we're going to be talking about Oblivion. Mm. Now, Jonathan, are we an effective team? Yes, sir. We are an effective team. Okay, then we can do the podcast. Podcast HQ has yet to be invaded by yeah. aliens. Mm-hmm. So I think we've done an effective job at holding down the fort. Yes. Great. <laughs> we saw Oblivion on the weekend together, so those keeping score at home, the uh, ratio of us seeing movies together and seeing them apart this was together. <laughs> Sorry, the mate of yours. Yeah, it was a three-way yeah. trip to the movies. Mm. Three um, guys. Between the two of us, we were able to muster one friend yeah. to come along. <laughs> Now, I, I don't want to give our verdict yet on the podcast, because that's not what we do. But uh, he did not like the movie. Is that fair to say? You don't reckon Daryl liked it? I don't think Daryl liked it. <laughs> we were leaving, and he was saying, like, did you fall asleep in that? That was so boring. <laughs> I don't know it if that was at the movie's sense. expense. Yeah. I think that's at your expense. <laughs> I think he just knows you're famous for falling asleep in movies. <laughs> I don't think he liked it. He then complained about a lot of the plots. But maybe I didn't like it too, so we'll find out. <laughs> we'll have to confirm Daryl's verdict. Mm. To put it this way, I think Daryl's favourite show is Cops. Oh. That's what he goes into the movies expecting. A simple plot, some yeah. action, maybe someone getting tased. Yeah, okay. Daryl will be entertained. Okay. So if Oblivion is not cops, what is it? What's the premise of well, Oblivion? it's in the future. Mm. We sort of like things in the future. It's always a bit of an interest. It's always a bit interesting. So the film is set on Earth in the year 2077. Mm. That is definitely the future. <laughs> so I guess we could categorise this as a sci-fi film. Yeah. I like Prometheus. That was also a sci-fi film. You a bit less... Yeah, a bit less, but it was okay. I loved Cloud Atlas, especially the part set in the future. That was one of the better parts of Cloud Atlas. <laughs> I was somewhat disappointed in that. So I guess you could say we're both sort of fans of sci-fi. And don't forget Cowboys and Aliens, everyone's <laughs> favourite sci-fi movie. Oh, my expectations were just too high. Too yeah, high to Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> but another good sci-fi movie, Space Jam. <laughs> the quintessential sci-fi movie Space Jam We'll be giving a screen verdict A rating on the scale of 1 to Space Jam Yes <laughs> Oh my We've got to get that Space Jam podcast going I'm keen for it Let us know on our Facebook page If you want a Space Jam podcast Oh please do Please do So the year's 2077 Yeah The Earth has been invaded by aliens mm. There was a big battle Humans won, but the Earth sort of got destroyed in the process. Mm. And I think humans are now living off Earth, and we have a few people on Earth basically trying to get the resources in order to keep the human race going. See, part of me felt like the humans had lost, Mm. because they talked a lot about winning, sounded a bit like insecure. They're like, well, we won, guys. We were the winners, (laughs) which is always a bit of a... Someone's always saying how great they are and how much they win. They usually don't win that much. And secondly, the aliens attacked Earth, and now, like, Earth is ruined. That's sort of like the aliens won, didn't they? Like, is this... 
might call it a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah. Um, they killed a lot of... They killed all the aliens, but they lost Earth. <laughs> well, it seems like the human's ability to keep on going, keep on fighting for a real win, is left down to a few people. There's a couple of people doing an important job on Earth. Yes. And one of them is Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Now, he's a bit of a polarising figure to leave in charge of such an important operation. Yes, and to uh, put at the head of a somewhat important movie. <laughs> or a studio, I guess. Like, We've got to talk about Tom Cruise. What's yeah. our opinion on Tom Cruise? I'm not a fan. <laughs> I do not like Tom Cruise. When I mentioned that I was seeing oblivion to people, a lot of responses, oh, I don't really like Tom Cruise. Oh, why is he has got Tom Cruise? I thought... Yeah, I guess that is sort of the opinion you're supposed to have. People don't really like Tom Cruise. He obviously went crazy with the couch jumping with Oprah. Scientology. People people aren't really down with Scientology. Down with sci-fi, not Scientology. Yes, I generally say it's a very polarizing belief system. But then when I think about Tom Cruise, most of the things I've actually seen, I usually like him in. Okay. Like his early things, like A Few Good Men, Top Gun, Risky Business. All of those I enjoyed Tom Cruise. Do you like Top Gun? When I was younger, I don't know if I'd like it so much now. I was at a church Bible study and we had a movie night. And I brought a few classic comedies like Ghostbusters and Flying High or, or Airplane and things like that. Um, I was pretty keen to watch them. And like some of the people in the world were like, no, we've got to watch Top Gun, man. We've got to watch Top Gun. It's like the best film, like, you know, perfect guy film or something. So, yeah, it's like topless men the whole movie. It's like, it's playing slow-mo beach volleyball, topless men, like, about, like, an hour in the locker room with, like, guys whipping each other with towels. I just, like, said halfway through the movie, this is the most homoerotic thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, what are you talking about? It's a, it's a dudes film with dudes, none of those annoying chicks. What's gay about that, man? Then they had the, uh, you're like this. They had the uh, the sex scene in it with Tom Cruise and the girl, and uh, one of the guys in the in the Bible study was like, "This is a look at your shoes scene, guys. This is a look at your shoes scene." <laughs> so going, surely the surely the topless male on male volleyball locker room was the shoe scene for the church Bible study, not the. <laughs> no, but but um, I saw th- I didn't put, look at my shoes. It was the tamest sex scene I'd ever seen. <laughs> it's like the lights were off. You didn't see anything. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to go on a Top Gun dent. I just do not see the appeal in that film at all. So it sounds like you want to see more of Tom Cruise. No, I just don't like it. I find him <laughs> annoying. I think he was okay in Rain Man. In Rain Man, he was alright. I'm trying to think of more recent things. Of his, uh, this isn't even really that recent, but Collateral, Collateral was really good. Oh yeah, he, yeah, that was good, he was good in that. Like, so he's not an awful actor or anything like that. But he's definitely some, like, he's a detracting part of a movie. Like, I'm less likely to want to see a movie if he's in it. When I heard Tom Cruise was going to be in a sci-fi movie, I must say I got a little bit excited to see him run. Yeah. <laughs> now, I said I've liked... Christopher Walken, Scoot McNary's voice. They have some of the best voices in Hollywood. Tom Cruise has one of the best runs in Hollywood. Okay. It's that straight fingers, very robotic, fast action. It just gets me excited. It's going to be pumped. Okay. Hmm. I did not get 
excited when I heard <laughs> I, that did not come to my mind when I heard Tom Cruise was in a sci-fi movie. <laughs> when I heard about this movie, my first thought was, oh, Oblivion, that's sort of like synonymous with Tom Cruise's career. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, on this planet, you just have Tom Cruise and a chick. And they seem like the only two people on this on Earth. Yeah, they talk about how important this mission is. And it seems like leaving it up to two people yeah. seems a little bit risky. Like, what yeah. if one of them goes rogue? Yeah. Which may or may not happen in the movie. <laughs> but, yeah, like... Uh, so you got this guy and girl uh, partnered up in this... They live in this futuristic house. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty high, though, so you'd probably get sick of it after, like, a couple of years, right? Yeah, where is it? It seems like it's just on top of a pole that's, like, hundreds of metres tall. You're in the clouds or something. Yeah. Like, that's a proper skyscraper view you've got there. Do you think if we were in this, like, we were the two people on this mission, we'd, like, get that there... That we'd bang? Probably. No. <laughs> that we get there on first day, we're like, what a cool house! This is such an amazing house! We love this! Oh, this is... I've never seen a house like this! And then, like, a week later, we'll be like, there's not really much to do here. <laughs> like, this. <laughs> There's no backyard. There's like, it's very hard to go to the shops or anything. It's like we're just stuck in this like stupid. This is why I think we bang. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the. I think this is a good situation yeah. for Tom Cruise. Yes. Because you get put there with a pretty attractive girl. I think she's very attractive. It's not like she's going to say no. Like that's going to happen eventually, right? Does it? Like, it seems like they've been there a long time, and I was struggling to figure out whether they were romantic or not. I think they were. They were sleeping in the same bed. They had that scene in the swimming pool. Oh, I thought that was a dream. Well, that was the thing. Yeah, like, it, was, it seemed like it was happening, but then he got up, and you didn't know whether you just sort of skipped to him being asleep and then waking up, or whether that was a dream. Like, that was the morning after they've had sex, like, him waking up. Or if that was him waking up from them having sex being a dream. I I thought it was a dream. Which is probably why you heard a groan from me when he woke up in the cinema. I was like, oh my god, I hate that. Well, I think it was real. I think they just oh. kind of skipped forward to him waking up. Because oh. they were always in the same bed together. You're creating a situation where that's going to happen, isn't it? Like, <laughs> hey. So, tip to being successful yeah. with, with the ladies, or l- one lady... Find yourself a planet yeah. where you and a lady are the only two people there, and I reckon you've got pretty good chances. Being in a relatively small house that you both have to live in. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, this is just encouraging someone to, like, bring about Doomsday. Yeah. <laughs> Say, if I can kill off everyone except the girl I like, she'll have to say yes. That's not the easiest planet to execute. Yeah, don't kill six billion people. Yeah. Just for the love of your life. Yeah. She's not worth it, man. She's not <laughs> worth it. So it's just those two for a while. Yes. And we have... That's a pretty awesome swimming pool. <laughs> right? Like... It's so unnecessary. Like, the house is really nice, but it's entirely functional. And then you just have this one outdoor swimming pool that's like a kilometre off the ground. It's absurd. That was just for one cool scene. Yeah. Movie, wasn't it? I think it worked. It was pretty cool. It did look pretty good. And she gets her clothes off, and, like, all the lights and the shadows. And so, like, it was... You could tell they put a lot of thought into the cinematography of that scene. <laughs> it seems like the girl's job 
is she stays in the house. 60 years in the future, they've still got the, like, woman in the house and the guy out doing the things. And not very... If you had a feminist reading on this, uh, on this film, it would not reflect well, I would feel. An alien apocalypse did not bring about gender equality. No. And Tom Cruise goes out scouting things, looking at things, fixing drones, fixing drones, stuff like that. So he's out on his little spaceship or motorbike uh, (laughs) doing these sorts of things. And he finds some interesting places on his adventures. Yes, as he rides around or flies around, we get to see what's left of Earth. And most of it is just brown, mucky sludgy, rocky stuff. Basically, everything's been nuked. Hmm. And we only see little remnants of buildings sort of sticking out of the ground. And, yeah. And it seems that only recognisable landmarks have <laughs> survived. Yeah, you see it's like a pile of rubble, and it just has to be the rubble of the New York Library. It's yeah. never just like a 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Washington Monument. Okay. Yeah. It's not just the screen verdict statue. Hmm which will inevitably be raised sometime between now and yeah. 2077. Yes. The, sta- the, uh, the Empire State Building, which he happened to have a strong memory from in his past. <laughs> and also the football stadium, where he likes to go and pretend he's playing football. I think this was the first scene that made me think I liked Tom Cruise in the film. Yeah. We thought, you know, you didn't, maybe didn't expect to like Tom Cruise. I thought maybe I would. I thought at this moment that he was a pretty likable character. He's he's in the little earpiece or whatever, talking to his partner back home. And he's at the stadium. He's like, oh, this was the, the last Super Bowl. And she's like, don't tell me it was a classic. It was a classic. And yeah. then he goes into <laughs> reminiscing about the game. And I thought, this is a pretty likable guy. And you have the... The crowd starts to cheer in the background, sort of. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I, I, I like that. That was that was good. I did like Tom Cruise's character in this film. I did like, yeah. <laughs> now, sort of, all fun and games, like getting souvenirs from the Statue of Liberty and uh, playing football while he's out and about. There are also some of these aliens um, called scavengers that are sort of still around the earth, mm. and you got to look out for them. I guess that's why they're there to, like, keep them at bay or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think they killed most of the scavengers, but yeah. there is still some around that are still fighting, trying to take out the yeah. drones and Tom Cruise and the yeah. dog. Yeah. And with these, we get a few action scenes, a few sort of chase scenes, some shooting. And I thought they were all quite good, sort of high intensity. They look nice. Hmm. But they were a little bit filler. I think Oblivion sets up your interest in the film as coming from the mystery as opposed to the action. Yes. Like, there, there is action scenes, but I wouldn't call this an action film. Hmm. For me, it was more about finding out what was going on. Yeah. And I liked that. I liked that it was a mystery. You were trying to find out what is happening. Who are these people that are, that are set up Earth? Who are these scavengers? Who are the people that are... Control, uh, who are giving directions to Tom Cruise. Like, I thought these were interesting questions, and I was interested to find out the answers. And, of course, this is Tom Cruise's last two weeks on the mission. Yes. Like, whenever we have someone put into these crazy situations, yeah. 
They were always one day before retirement. Yeah, yes, yes. So after a while, running away from these scavenger things, getting in battles with them, with his drones, there's a crash. Oh, no. And he goes to the side of the crash, and there's some humans. And this is where he meets Olga Kirilenko. Who is? She was a Bond girl. She was in Quantum of Solace. I did not see that one. I saw Skyfall. People know I quite enjoyed that. I gave that a pretty good score on the podcast. I then caught up on Casino Royale because it all Skyfall. You see my expectations. I was pretty disappointed with that one. Whoa. Yeah. It was okay. I preferred Casino Royale. Ah, interesting. No, boring. Quantum just... of Solace is pretty forgettable. Yeah, I heard that was pretty awful. I'm not going to bother with that one. As in, I have forgotten almost everything that happens in that movie. I really can't remember anything about it. But she was in that. Mm. And she's also in Oblivion. Mm. Now, Olga Kirilenko is pretty attractive. Yes. And so, before, there was a nice little dynamic going on. Just one man and one woman on the whole planet. Now there's one man and two women. This could uh, end well. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Or get really complicated. Actually, probably just the latter. (laughs) When we were introduced to Olga Kirilenko, I thought, this is not going to end well for the other girl. As a slightly less attractive girl in this scenario, just based on, I guess, film history, she's either going to end up getting heartbroken or she's going to die. Yeah. I feel like she is the more expendable of the two characters. Or C, both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. That's interesting. So, okay, you're Tom Cruise. This new girl comes. You've got... A sort of pretty good setup with your current girlfriend. Then this new this new girl comes. You might have a bit of history of her or something. <laughs> um, what do you do? Which girl do you choose? Trade up. You trade up. <laughs> I was more attracted to the current girlfriend. Uh, I don't know. She was too Billy by the books for me. She was always talking about regulations. Wasn't interested in flowers. Yeah, when she throws at the flowers, that was a bit of a turn off. <laughs> but I don't know, something about a no, no nonsense attitude, like, sort of like. <laughs> I thought it was a bit attractive. Her hair was very good, too. I thought she had really good hair. But her hair and her no nonsense attitude, I quite, I mean, I quite attractive. <laughs> oh well. If we were the two guys, if there were two guys and these two girls. It would be ideal, because we wouldn't be fighting over the same girl. (laughs) We'd be a very effective team. (laughs) So as well as these characters, we also have Melissa Leo, who is not on the planet. She is communicating via, I guess, sort of whatever their equivalent of satellite Mm. technology is. And she constantly asks, are you an effective team? Yeah. This seems to be sort of the trigger... For getting people to do what you want. Because yeah. it, the threat of being seen as a non-effective team yeah. seems to motivate them to do whatever they wanted to mm. do. And really, they're the only team. Like, <laughs> there's no, like, there's no... They're the ones setting the bar. <laughs> yes, we're effective. We're, <laughs> we're fixing more drones than anyone else on Earth. <laughs> so basically, the mission goes on. Maybe things aren't quite what they seem. There's some mysteries... We don't Some want to twists. spoil it. 
Um, was your jaw on the floor at any point during this movie? My jaw may have been opened, perhaps not by awe, but by confusion, <laughs> as in how long I had to wait for certain things to be explained. But I think I got some answers to some mysteries. I think this is perhaps a little bit less open-ended than Prometheus was. Yeah. I liked... It was slow. It was way too slow. But I did sort of enjoy the questions it was asking and some of the twists and things. wasn't shocked by anything, really. But then, at the end, I just felt there were a few things that weren't quite explained. And didn't make sense. <laughs> like, I'm going to say, no, you'll probably only understand if you've seen the movie, but something involving a kid, something involving a letter, something involving origins of species. Like, I just, that didn't, to me, wasn't probably explained. It sounds like a riddle. Yeah. Like, you've got a kid, a letter, and an alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you've got two yeah. lifeboats. Yeah. <laughs> How do you cross the river? <laughs> Well, the letter would eat the kid. Uh, <laughs> the kid would eat the alien. And it would eat the letter. <laughs> we also had Tom Cruise had a little cabin in the woods that he always like ducked off to, a bit like one of those guys who was like a second family, like hidden away somewhere. <laughs> but like he didn't have a family; he just had like shoals full of trinkets. He'd like go and be with his like. It's the place to admire his Yankees hat. Yeah. <laughs> Which you're wearing, Matt? Yeah, I'm wearing Yankees hat. Which might bring us to the segment, What Has Oblivion Taught Us? Matt, what has Oblivion taught you? Well, it's taught me that uh, the Yankee hat's pretty popular. Uh, You see a lot of people wearing it. I know whenever, you know, Yankees are in the World Series or something, I uh, like to wear my Yankees hat and maybe give a bit of a nod to the passers-by or also wearing it, a bit of the tip of the hat. Um, Though I think in Australia most people don't even know what what the New York Yankees hat is. They just buy it. Something that Jay-Z wears in some of his videos. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know you know what they say? Shit, he made the Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee can. <laughs> yeah, no, so I like the Yankees. Well, it seems like uh, even after the post-apocalypse, the Yankees are the number one baseball team, the number one sports team. All 100% of males are wearing Yankees hats in 2077. So, they're still going strong as a franchise. Jonathan, what did Oblivion teach you? Oblivion has taught me how to make money on the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not sure where it's like, uh, wherever you guys are listening from, but Australia at the moment, you can't watch sport without getting live betting odds constantly yelled at you throughout the the event. On the screen, you've got the different odds, different teams, different margins, different everything, constantly updated live. Commentators... Chipping in. Hi, I'm Jamie Rogers. Yeah. Uh, our, our sports industry has pretty much been just taken over by... <laughs> so in the 2017 Super Bowl, I believe, Tom Cruise has given me a pretty good explanation of what's going to happen. So I think you might be able to get some pretty good odds with around 30 seconds to go on a team that's down by three points. Yes. So... Have save up, the time. wait for the 2017 Super Bowl. And there's also a... Uh, wait for Tom Waterhouse to give you the live update on the odds, <laughs> and then make the call. Uh, and then I guess there's also a bet on it being the last ever Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Take that up. <laughs> yeah. 
if Sports Pet is giving you odds on the date of the alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> but spend that money quickly. <laughs> yeah. That's the last one. You've got less than a year to live it up. Don't put it in a term deposit. <laughs> Should we give this bad boy a verdict? And by bad boy, I mean moody. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Oblivion. Early on, I got into the film. I liked sort of the look of the destroyed Earth. Not that I want Earth to be destroyed. I mean, visually, it looked nice, the cinematography. I liked Tom Cruise's character. You sort of grew to like him and you supported him. And when he grew sort of a thirst to find out more about the world, so did you, and you wanted to follow him and uh, screw the regulations, let's go on an adventure. And I liked those sort of mysteries and it brought up a lot of questions. Some of the action was all right. And then I think it dragged on a little. I think it teased you a little bit too much. And then some of the twists worked more than the others. But I think most things wrapped up quite well and I was pretty satisfied with the film. I think it wasn't entirely original. I think it borrowed from films like Moon and Prometheus a little bit too much. Uh, I think it's based on a graphic novel. I'm not sure when that came out. Maybe they borrowed from this graphic novel. Hmm. Um, but for the most part, I was entertained and I thought it was pretty good. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. This movie I quite enjoyed. I thought Tom Cruise was a good character. I thought the other characters were pretty good too. I liked all the other characters. I was intrigued by the mystery. I thought it was, like again, good cinematography and things like that. Um, but was pretty disappointed with the ending. Never really loved the movie. Sort of just like enjoying it for what it was. And then disappointed by the ending. And it was a bit too long. So let's go with a 6 out of 10. Okay. Okay, so housekeeping. Trying to creak open the housekeeping door. See what's inside. Yeah, we need to get some WD-40 for the uh, the housekeeping yeah. door. It's very yeah. creaky. Yeah, it's a creaky door, the housekeeping door. So, we've got some big uh, news for the podcast. Ooh. Yeah. I believe uh, this weekend, you had a jiu-jitsu competition in you, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, little birdies told me. And uh, what, what did you take home? <laughs> well, I was fortunate enough to take home a gold medal. Gold! Gold for screen birdies! <laughs> It's the, uh, the gold standard we try to maintain at Screen Verdict. Uh, no, it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, I've been competing in jiu a lot, and um, I've won some competitions before, but at this belt, Purple Belt, it's the first time I uh, came first, got a couple of medals, and that was my first gold medal. So pretty good, pretty good weekend for Screen Verdict. Yeah, and the uh, VT1 gym, who you were actually competing for. <laughs> <laughs> I should get a screen verdict patch for my gi. I think I said yeah. that last time. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Oh, really oh, Maybe so- when we get our new photo. Yeah. Uh, oh, another bit of housekeeping information. Could be a new... Uh, new new branding, new <laughs> the 2013 photo shoot for screen verdict. <laughs> yeah. Could um, get that on the gi for when I compete. Yeah. T-shirts. I think you might be able to buy some screen verdict T-shirts soon. It's all Ooh. coming. All coming to screen verdict. But, uh, yeah, just on behalf of everyone at the team uh, for Screen Verdict, Jonathan, congratulations. Uh, we're really proud of you. Oh, thanks, yeah. everyone on the team. <laughs> so, yeah, you're lucky you didn't come back with silver, though. We wouldn't have let you on the podcast. 
The most interns hate silver. Oh, wasn't that like last year at the Olympics where how like negative everyone was about all uh, silver medal winning athletes? Uh, the missile. Yeah. <laughs> he like got the silver medal, was like a split by second. Point oh yeah, one. By 0.01 of a second. And the media and public response was like he'd just done the worst job in the world. <laughs> For the for for the Americans and other uh, foreigners listening who uh, may not have been following the Australian medal tally last year, <laughs> it was pretty appalling. But uh, look, we're just we're just proud of you, Abe, and competing. And uh, yeah, you're a regular Ed O'Neill. <laughs> so that's the podcast. Yes, next week we're doing. We'll try to think of something. Maybe two weeks from now there could be a Parks and Recreation podcast. Ooh, okay. Yep. Maybe now is a good time to uh, send in your request for a Space Jam podcast if we're struggling oh, to, uh, yes. to find something. I thought there was new. another TV show that we could do. Maybe. Screen Verdict always comes through. Yeah. So look forward to that non-specific teaser. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Bye.